Well, we're in a preaching series this Christmas that answers the question, why did Jesus become human? Why did Jesus become human? And in past sermons this, on this topic, we've seen that Jesus became human to manifest God to man. We've seen, secondly, that Jesus became human to become a kinsman redeemer. And this morning, we will see a third reason that Jesus Christ became human, and that is that Christ then could defeat Satan. Track with me that we've been defining incarnation, the miracle of incarnation, with Dr. Charles Ryrie's simple but uh, meaty definition of incarnation, and it is this. The incarnation is the eternal second person of the Trinity taking on himself humanity. That's Christmas. <laughs> That's the theology of Christmas. So when we are enjoying all the uh, traditions of Christmas, all the trappings of, Jesus, of Christmas, may we not lose sight of the theology of Christmas. That the second person of the Godhead, the second person of the Trinity, eternal God, took on himself humanity. In order, we're going to see today, to defeat Satan. The scripture calls Adam, the first Adam, and he blew it in the Garden of Eden along with his wife Eve. They ate the forbidden fruit. And in Genesis 3, 1 to 6, this is the account of what happened. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat, eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. The serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took its fruit of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. So the first Adam failed the first sin temptation given in scripture. In sharp contrast, the second Adam, the incarnate Lord Jesus Christ, passed with royal colors the satanic temptation test that he had to face as the God-man in the wilderness. And Christ passing the satanic temptation test required him to be human. He had to be human in order to be truly tempted to sin. Matthew 4, 1 to 11, the account of Christ's temptation. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights after he was hungry, now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, for man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, 
it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Of course, the devil left Jesus on that occasion in the wilderness because he could not succeed in getting the Lord Jesus to sin. And so when it came to satanic temptation, on the one hand, the first Adam in Eden failed, but the second Adam in the wilderness passed the test and did not sin. Jesus Christ did not sin then. Jesus Christ did not sin for eternity past. And Jesus Christ will never sin for eternity future. He's God. Now, don't forget that Christ's victory over Satan's temptation while he was on earth was at the human level. James 1.13 makes this theologically clear. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. This means that Satan's temptations to the Lord Jesus Christ were temptations to his humanity because God cannot be tempted. When Satan tempted the Lord Jesus, he tempted him at the level of Jesus' humanity, and that humanity was only possible through the incarnation miracle at Christmas. Now, another aspect we ought to consider is that the death of Christ, because it was his death that ultimately defeated Satan. Jesus Christ's death ultimately defeated Satan. Of course, Jesus could not have physically died if he did not take on humanity in the miracle of the incarnation. If, when he came to be the, if he had not come to be the baby, he could not have defeated Satan in the way that he did. You see, God is spirit, and God is without a beginning, and God is without an ending, and it's impossible for God in his essence to die. It's impossible for God in his essence to die because God is death-proof. This is why the incarnation was necessary. Jesus Christ could and did physically die on the cross because he had humanity which was able to die. And that humanity, of course, was the direct result of the miracle of the incarnation, the first Christmas. Now, Scripture tells us that it was the death of Christ which did two things. The death of Christ brought about the judgment on the prince of this world, also known as Satan, and the death of Christ also brought about the spoiling of principalities and powers, that is, demons. And so going to the point that the death of Christ brought about the judgment of the prince of the world, listen to John 12, verse 31, please. Now, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world has been cast out. And staying in John, John chapter 16, verses 7 to 11 read, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for I do not go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. 
And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, and of judgment, watch now, because the ruler of this world is judged. And then in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14, Inasmuch then as children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had power over death. That is the devil. And so the death of Christ was the fact of history and theology that brought about the judgment against the prince of the world, also called Satan. And secondly, that was the death of Christ on the cross that brought about the spoiling of principalities and powers. Colossians 2, 13 to 15. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses and having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Here it is. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So it was the physical death of the Lord Jesus that brought about judgment on Satan and brought about the spoiling of principalities and powers. Now, let's look at this a little further. When we look at the Lord Jesus' death on the cross, we see God's defeat of four things. God's defeat of death itself, God's defeat of self, God's defeat of sin, and God's defeat of Satan. Let's take these one at a time. The death of the Lord Jesus Christ, again, defeated death, self, sin, and Satan. Let's talk about the defeat of death. We know that death was defeated because the graves of believers in Jerusalem were opened by God and those who were once dead lived again when Jesus Christ was dying on the cross. Now, what about self? We know that self was also defeated because in Galatians 2.20, it indicates that believers like us are co-crucified with Christ, but we live by faith in the Son of God, and this faith gives us daily Victory over a defeated Satan. Let's talk about sin. We know that sin was defeated because the one who bore the sins of the world on the cross never himself had sinned. Jesus Christ died sinless so that he could pay for our sins. The just for the unjust. The Lord Jesus' blood of course, was not ordinary blood. It was sinless blood, atoning blood, blood that could and did cleanse us of our, all our sins, the blood that was the complete remedy for sin. That death of Christ and the shed blood of Christ in his death defeated sin. What about Satan? We know that Satan was defeated because while on the cross, Satan could bruise Jesus Christ on the heel. The cross work of Christ bruised Satan on the head. A bruised heel is extremely painful. 
A bruised head, if you are a serpent, is death. The death of Christ bruised Satan on the head. Now, you may be thinking at this point, (laughs) Pastor Rob, do you watch the news? Do you mean to tell me that Satan's defeated with what I hear and see on the news? The problems I have in my family, my marriage? You think, he's, you think the death of Christ defeated Satan? Yeah, I do. And I do watch the news like you do. But I watch the news through the eyeglasses, the corrective prescription lenses of theology. And when I watch the news and the trouble and pain around me and sometimes around all of you, I understand that a leashed dog can still bark and a leashed dog can still growl. And yes, a leashed dog can even bite. So when I watch the news, I also understand that A bank robber in a bank robbery that's gone bad can be surrounded by the police SWAT team outside the branch of the bank. But he's a defeated foe, that bank robber is, because he's going to come out of the branch of the bank in one of two ways. He's going to come out of the branch of the bank with his hands up in surrender, or he's going to come out of the branch of the bank in a body bag. He's a defeated foe, although he is surrounded by the police and not yet arrested. And while he is surrounded in the branch, he can play the big man for a time. He can get his 10 minutes of infamy on TV. He can negotiate for the hostages released with the police for a time. But he's defeated. As is Satan. Leashed doesn't mean victory for the one who is leashed. Being surrounded doesn't mean victory for the one who is surrounded by the police either. The dog that bites sometimes makes a one-way trip to the vet. The bank robber who robs with gunpoint either comes out with his hands up into arrest and trial, or he comes out dead. And so right now, because of the death of Jesus Christ, Satan is defeated. He is on a leash. He is surrounded and trapped in the bank, and he knows it. You recall the true story of Job in the Old Testament? God had Satan come to him and say, you know that Job, that righteous Job, he's only righteous because you're good to him. You've prospered him. His life is relatively easy. But if you allow the things that you've blessed him with to be taken away, he'll curse you and he'll die. You remember what God said to Satan? He said basically, okay, you can take those things away, but you cannot kill him. You see, God put Satan on a leash in that true example. could only go so far. He could wreak havoc and problems and pain within the length of the leash, but he could go no further than the leash that God let him. And God says, you will not kill my man, Job. 
And so we ought not to misread Satan's evil here while he's on a leash. And we must not misread Satan's evil when he's, as it were, inside the bank with hostages. Instead, we need to take the longer look. We need to take the biblical look. We need to take the look of faith as to what is his future. And so the death of Christ, to review, bruised Satan on the head, and that bruising of Satan on the head will ultimately flower in three future realities. One, Satan will be imprisoned for 1,000 years, according to Revelation 20, verses 1 to 3. Two, Satan will decisively lose the final battle of human history, Revelation 20, verses 7 to 9. And three, Satan will be banished eternally to conscious torture and torment in the lake of fire, Revelation 20, verse 10. Take a long view. Take a biblical view. He's a defeated foe. And so we're seeing together in these minutes that one of the main reasons that Jesus came to become human was so that he could physically die. And Christ's death looked to be his defeat. The Romans thought that. The Jews thought that. They thought he's done. He's defeated. No more dealing with him. But what looked like a defeat on the cross was actually him defeating Satan in the spiritual realm. And of course, the grave didn't hold Christ. And three days later, he rose by his Father's power and miracle to live forevermore, never to die again. And so Christ's death defeated Satan. And one of the reasons we have the miracle of the incarnation is so that Jesus Christ could physically die. And in so doing, physically die, defeat Satan. Bruise him on the head. Isn't that great? And when Jesus Christ defeated Satan, he defeated all of Satan's weapons. Like death, Jesus Christ defeated death. Like self, Jesus Christ defeated self-living. Like sin, Jesus Christ, by dying, defeated sin. And all of that (laughs) required the incarnation, the first Christmas. All of those victories won by the Lord Jesus Christ required that he took humanity upon himself, humbled himself, suspended the use of some of his divine attributes while on earth. What a savior and what a victory. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the incarnation and the miracle that God came to be among us. And we thank you that your thoughts are higher than our thoughts and your ways are higher than our ways, so that when the Savior physically died, Satan was defeated. Thank you that he is on a leash. Thank you that he is surrounded in a botched bank robbery in the bank. Help us, Lord, not to be discouraged. Help us to be faith-filled. Help us to be positive. Help us to be bold, knowing that even though bad stuff does happen, that you are in control. You are the victor. And that you are coming again to express your victory, Lord Jesus, in the rapture of the church and then Subsequent to that, you're coming a second time, Lord Jesus, 
to be visibly ruling and reigning planet Earth from David's throne in Jerusalem. Thank you that we are on the winning side. Thank you that Christ is our victor. May we walk in the wake of his victories won through his death and resurrection. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.